That's right, it's time for another confession. This time from the host of a podcast called Confessions. It's the delightful Sam Peterson. I find out the medical reason he took a break from stand-up and I hear an I'm the worst story from him that should have been the reason he took a break from stand-up. It's awful. We recorded in his home studio. Sam lives by the Maribyrnong, which was home to the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples for more than 40,000 years. I acknowledge them as traditional custodians and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Tell me about your podcast, Empire. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. It's going well. You're sitting with uh, five posters of myself. They did print too many. That's why I've got five posters of myself. Sorry, what? That is a ridiculous excuse. They printed too many because <laughs> yep. you asked for too many, Sam. No, because you know. they liked the look of me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they said. They looked me in the eye and said, I liked the look of you so much that I recorded, or I accidentally printed five of them. That didn't happen. Uh, no, I, I ordered uh, the wrong size three times. <laughs> <laughs> And then I paid for all of them because I didn't want to be like, oh, I, I stuffed up three times. So I've got a lot of posters of myself and it's ultimate dominance to ask you to come to my place to record. Oh, God, what's the sweet, smooth sound of your professional audio equipment <laughs> versus being in my own space without six Sammy staring at me? <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. You I love good. the audio. I love all the Sammys. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of them. I tell you that much. So you actually just kept pretending you wanted more? Yeah, well, I, I went to them the first time, and they're so the first ones you can see just here. Mm-hmm, they're so very they're, small. they're very small. I can see the very Claire. small ones. Yeah, that's, so I didn't understand the size. That's an A four, I think. That's, that's a, <laughs> that's just and then just, I went. I won't look it up. I'll just type another letter. Another letter. Sorry, no. not another another number after the letter. So you got you A did, four. You didn't. Let's you didn't A3. even look. So you only went from A four to A three. Let's go A five. That's smaller. Oh, What's no. going on there? Oh, no. Yeah, Let's it's true. A Five is a bigger number. Why is it smaller? <laughs> Why is it smaller? Who designed this Is this, this thing on? Me getting back into stand-up. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is my material at the moment. And then uh, and then these, huge, A0. Yeah. And I've got two of those. They were a lot more expensive than the A4, I'm telling you that much. I'll tell you. I believe it. <laughs> and then they're to- talking about gloss and then all these different things. You want a glossy one? What would you like? And then I was like, oh, my God, I, whatever. And then it's just embarrassing to go back and I'm standing there and the the picture is me as a priest holding a cigar and a little lantern. Mm-hmm. And that is the photo. And I am looking at them while they're handing me their, and, and like looking at the quality and looking at it. But I know in their head they're going, who is this person? It's, it's such an odd it's such an odd thing. And then people are like, it's fine. It's like a hot priest thing. It's fine. And I'm like, well, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> and then it's like just me, like, you know, kind of kind of with, yeah, now I've got six. six You've um, got a lot of pictures of you as a hot priest. <laughs> it's it is, a lot going on. It is you that weird level of, I oh, know, I need to do it more. It's that weird level of professional performer yeah. where you turn up to pick up the photos of you. Yeah, like, yeah. Because really most people are not printing photos of themselves that are A0. Exactly. Um, but then really. Or A5. And then there's not many people in, in that zone where you're printing an A0 <laughs> photo of yourself and picking it up yourself because most people at an A0 level. Yeah. They got people. They got people yeah, for picking got up people. them. Yeah. That's, I, but I had In people. the future I will 
pick up your posters. Thank for you, you if so you much. Want. I would love that. I had I had someone. It was kind of like flyering as well. Getting onto this, like flyering when you. I remember handing a flyer of my face to someone, and they would look at the face and look at you and decide in that moment whether or not they were coming to see your show. And I remember people throwing out flyers. I remember someone once telling me, I only see Will Anderson. And I was like, well, that's one show. And another guy going, well, do you know if Carl Barron's on? And I was like, I don't. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not the ticket booth. I don't the information booth. I don't, I don't know if Carl Barron's on. He's like, Where's Carl Barron? I'm like, I don't know if he's even on. And you're having like a, a chat with someone, and then he's going, "Who else can I see?" And it was like anyone apart from me that <laughs> they wanted to see. Who else is good? I was like, I'm good. No, 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 no. I don't think so. No, I would like to see somebody that, who's no, not was handing quick. out pictures of their own face. <laughs> Which is fair. I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty fair thing. Like, if people – that's my dog, by the way, in the that's background a, there. But if, if if someone well, – I'm just helping you so you don't have to edit. That's what I do. I'm such a podcaster. Oh, my God. Just a just call out You stuff. really are a pro. That's a car that went by. That's a helicopter. <laughs> someone knocking on the door again. <laughs> I just do all of them just in case. But, yeah, it is so embarrassing, though, when you're handing out a photo of yourself. I I mean, you would have done that early days where you're handing 100%. out – 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even really think – that my ticket sales justify me paying for someone to flyer. No, no. But it does feel like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a game. I'm yeah. like, I don't reckon these flyers are gonna. I think I think it looks like there's something gone very wrong. Yeah. If I stand there and hand out my own flyer. <laughs> well, I had someone once that I paid. To, I will. I can get the dog out of the room if you like. No, it, please you? don't. I love it. I uh, I remember one time when look at you. You got posters of me and you got a John Howard mug. <laughs> My favourite John Howard mug and my dog going wild in the background. I'm very comfortable. I, uh, Turns I, out this is all I needed to put me at ease. <laughs> I hired someone once to do flyers and I was like doing a show that I did with a wonderful comedian uh, and it was not it was not a good show and I was trying to get people in though because I realised very quickly we probably weren't going to make money out of this. So I hired someone to go and fly for us. And a friend of mine walked into the room once and I was like, did you hire a flyer for this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going, where are they? Do you know where they are? And I was like, no. And they handed me all of my flyers and they'd found them in the bin down the road. Oh, baby. <laughs> I was like, I wonder why people aren't coming. Like, even if flyering doesn't work. <laughs> I was like, I wonder why people aren't coming. We've got two flyers out there every night. No, you don't. <laughs> Just in the bin. It's don't. having a beer down the road. It's like, how rude. And it actually was a friend of a friend. And then I had to, and I'm not a confrontational person, but I went, I had to go to the friend and be like, you're the worst. Plug for the show. But I will, thank you so much. But I'll plug for your show on your show. But I was. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. That's that's like handing a flyer to someone who's already in the show. But a, a zero in the show. I, I, I could only get these. They were so expensive. Please oh hand gosh. it back after you're done looking oh, at it. Oh, this is a fun idea. Yeah. Flyering with a zero. This is fun. Only a zeros. But yeah, but having that conversation with that person to be like, I don't know why you didn't just tell me that you weren't going to fly because I could have got someone else to do it. And they're like, yeah, I know, but just no one wanted them. And it's like, you don't want to hear that. No one wanted them is such a hard thing to hear when you're... <sighs> I tried, but no one wanted them. I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you for really kicking Jeff me Jeff Bezos the did not take that <laughs> yeah. for an answer. So that's not what sales are about. Sales that's are about right. convincing people they do want the thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I went through a breakup and decided that I was going to um, just do a show. Because I was going to uh, five years of not doing stand-up. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a show. And then I did it and it was like... Um, 
Yeah, and then I kind of started planning it and everything and then wrote a show. All the best decisions are made after breakups. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, and also like I wrote it in like a few days and now I'm like getting out there and actually I'm sorry, and then you wrote the show in three days. Yeah, 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 manic. Yeah, it's like during COVID when... Is it when possible the show's... Bad. Is, yeah, sure. is, it, is it possible Need you can tell it was written too quickly? Yeah, well, getting, getting out there and trying material, that's a harsh reality. Yep. I thought How's that was going? funny about the fridge gear. Not that funny. Fridge gear? No, I'm not doing too much fridge gear. You guys got fridges? You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Relatable stuff. You guys got fridges? Yeah, what's going on with your fridge? I don't know what the question is. Right, move on. <laughs> thought you'd give me something there. Still got it. Make, still got it, baby. Making the audience do all the hard work. No, but I, I, I think getting up there and trying it you're like oh no some of this really doesn't some of this really doesn't work and some of it but it's because it's one story really yeah it's just little increments of it that I'm going oh that really works that doesn't really work that's too unbelievable even though some things in it that are really unbelievable and sound really unbelievable are the, the truest parts of the story but when you say it in a certain way okay don't compromise it though because you're doing I mean a little bit of shop talk here do, yeah. do and you're you've got a director who knows what they're doing it's but you you, I'm the director. It's not me, but it is. I'm waiting. Is the, um, I'm not sure. You're doing little five-minute spots. Yes. You know, at pubs ten. around – five, ten-minute spots around pubs Let's around Melbourne. You know what I mean? You, you're trying to – okay, what well, the point is you're trying things out of context. Yes. And when you do hit a really unbelievable part of the story – that's not going to really work out of context, but in the build of the show, it might work. So, yeah. do I reckon? Be careful! Don't drop, uh, don't drop amazing truths just because they're not being, yeah, just because they're not kind of vibing in shorter spots. Yeah, it's my director talking right here. You know what you're talking about, but you know, you yeah, know that yeah, too, absolutely. right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So have you have you ever done that? Have you ever manically? Because I had in COVID, uh, the pandemic. Am I right? I <laughs> imagine if I was like, <laughs> didn't believe in COVID. Like an anti-vaxxer. It's like, oh, whoa, uh, this is a surprise. Uh, no, when when I was doing the podcast, Confessions, um, available on all the apps, uh, I was doing a lot of podcasts, like a lot. Like I think I was bringing out three or four a week. And a friend of mine called me and said, are you all right, bud? <laughs> <laughs> and I think, that's, I think that's when you know, like, you know, you're going through something, you write a show. And you go, I'm going to just do a show. It's that easy. And you go, oh, no, I've got a book. I've been out of the stand-up world for five years, so now I've got to book rooms. I've got to do it. I've actually got to try the material. I've got to record the material and then listen to myself back, which is brutal. And then you have to, as a podcaster, I know it's brutal. And then, and then you have to go and type out what you're doing, you know, whatever your process is. But it is so – and so I've been meeting with lots of comedians to be like, how do you do it? And it's just, it's just me procrastinating. How do you do it? Do you write stuff? Yeah. yeah right, you is, fight, it's the same answer every time. Oh, the research is, yes, I write stuff. <laughs> the, um, the research phase, it is such good procrastination, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm going to people like, I had coffee with um, Thornote to just be like, so how are you funny? Like, how do you do it? How are you so good? And then you go in your head, he's been doing it for 20 years and he's really good at what he does. And then I'm going, yeah, I'm just thinking of doing gigs. He's like, yeah, it's a great idea, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking I should get up and try the material before I do it in the hour. Yeah. Yeah, you should. This is such good advice. I'm writing everything down. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone got a pen? I haven't even brought a pen. Has anyone got a pen? 
Uh, you're gonna, yeah, you are gonna get the same advice over and over, which is um, have an idea for a joke. Yeah. Write the joke. Yeah. Try it on a show. <laughs> fix the joke. It's that. That's yeah. that's. I mean, everyone does have a pretty similar process. Yeah. Yeah. Even even asking questions like, do you do a trial show? Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. Right. This is interesting. This is all interesting stuff. Write it down. Oh. <laughs> Me and my notes, just ticking stuff. <laughs> yep. Okay, yep. you're a podcaster. You're used to hearing right. your voice back over and over. Like, right. as in you, you edit your own podcast. So, yep. is it more jarring to listen back to a stand-up comedy? It's awful. Then? Oh my god, it's it's just so different because on my podcast, like, I like being the person. Like, Graham Norton's my favorite person in the world. I love that he sits back and lets other people be funny, and I think that's on a podcast, that's great, and that's my comfort zone. It's not being the main one, and then when you do it, you know, in a room, and especially because, like, I was in comedy partnerships kind of with people like Greg Fleet and Fiona Lachlan for a while where I would always do things with them. So I was kind of like the, you know, the straight guy, you know, and I was very comfortable in that and letting them be funny. And now doing stand-up by myself, it's brutal because I'm going, oh, this is 100% me. Yeah. And I can't hide from this. Like, I can't throw to someone else. Like, I can't go, what else is this? Oh, you have something that you know works or anything. And doing it, like, doing it to my podcast crowd when I do live shows, easiest gig in the world because they know me and and they know who I am and I don't have to do all of this stuff. But now I'm going, does anyone know who Greg Fleet is? Or does anyone know, like, do do you know who this person is? Or do you know, because it's a very young crowd a lot of the time and sometimes people don't know the references that you're bringing up. And I found that really hard where now I'm going, oh, okay, that doesn't really work and that's – I need to build this in, I need to do that. But it is so brutal when you're listening to yourself and you go, what was that tangent you went on? That was weird. That didn't work. You went down a long way and I don't think you knew the sentence before you started it. Like I think you were just, <laughs> I think you were just hoping for the best or talking to the crowd too much. Like the other, the other night I – someone just said something – it was a kind of a rowdy night and they were so lovely to me, like couldn't have been lovelier. But I'd just done a country gig the night before where people had kind of been shouting out a lot mm-hmm. and I'm, I like that. And so I was like talking to them and everything a lot and I find, you know, being from a country town, I really like country people so my voice sometimes people always think I'm a bit of a bit of a bogan or like I've got got a bit of a stronger Australian accent so I you know kind of going at them and everything and talking to them and and then this lovely person in inner city place just goes <laughs> and I went what and he goes, oh, nothing. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I went so hard on you just then. <laughs> and I was like, comedian destroys heckler. Like, it was really <laughs> odd. Like, it was just a really odd thing. And he was just like, I was just saying how funny you are. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then the rest of my gig was just apologising to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, I'm so sorry. But then you're listening to that back going, wow, that was 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, what a squirm. In the moment, everything, your best has got to do in the yeah, moment. Yeah, You just do your best and that's the best you can do. <laughs> that's right. But listening back to the realities of your best. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, that was my best. Yeah. So, yeah, I do try and avoid listening back to myself and yet. You don't do it. Do you record every set? Uh, no, I do not. Just not and that you. is why, that's why I have completely plateaued. I know a lot of – no, you haven't. A lot of – you're very good at what you do and you're a goddamn pro. 
You know that I was such a big, I was such a big fan when I started doing comedy. Past tense. Mm-hmm. I was such a big fan before I met you. Uh, I, no, when, when, um, when I started first doing comedy, you were so lovely to me and I was such a big Good News Week fan. Oh. So I love Good News Week and you were so lovely and continue to be so lovely to people that are coming up as well, which is a very nice thing because a lot of the time, you know, and I realised the other day, like I'm like, oh, I've been out of it for a long time, but the people that were kind of really lovely to me when I first started are still there and are still just as lovely and supportive as they were back then as well. And they're kind of extra nice because they know I've been out of it for five years. So they're like going, oh, this really worked and this, you know, which is so lovely. Love it. But when when you say you don't recall, because I had a friend the other day that was talking about, you know, all my coffee catch-ups with comedians <laughs> when they were saying that they've never listened back to a recording but they record every set and it, it Seems almost like a superstition that you go, wow. if I don't record it, then it will be different. Best piece of advice I got asked. Uh, Please. No, you didn't ask. But uh, my first ever gig was at a comedy room called Spleen. Oh, yes. And I uh, ran into Dave Callan at mm-hmm. the JB Hi-Fi uh, that week. I'd never met him before. And I told him that I was doing my first ever gig, come up from the country. I was super excited. And uh, here you came. He actually came. So I told him in JB Hi-Fi, I said, I'm doing a gig, and he actually came to it. And I had um, a Jim Beam and Coke before I went up. Um, so I was like, again, love that, love that shit. And when I was 18, and I, uh, I had a Jim Beam and Coke, and he said to me, he said, just so you know, and I, I don't know if he phrased it exactly like this, but he said, just so you know, um, don't get into a habit of having a drink before you go on stage. And I was like, it was such a good piece of advice because usually when you go to a gig, a lot of the time, especially, you know, five years ago, a lot of people will go, would you like a drink? Like it was always like really the first question because a lot of the gigs you wouldn't get paid for or anything. It would just be like, would you like a drink? And he said, just don't let it become a habit. And I'd seen so many comedians after that, it did become a habit and sometimes they'd be great and sometimes they wouldn't be great. And I really made a conscious effort after that. And it was like someone who just was doing his first gig the other day. And I kind of gave him that same piece of advice. Um, I wasn't in a JB Hi-Fi or anything. I was at a comedy room, but in the context, (laughs) just giving out random advice in JB Hi-Fi. But yeah, I remember it was such a good piece of advice because I could definitely see myself going down that road of like having fun with it and being like, I'll have a few drinks before I go on. I'm so much funnier when I'm at a party or a dinner party or something, so much funnier after a few drinks. And then as you get into, like when I first started doing the podcast, I was like, I'll always do it over a few drinks. That's so much fun. And then people's schedules don't allow for that. And you go, no, no, we've got to do it. You know, if you're coming on or with Lemo, when we did a podcast a little while ago, it had to be in the morning because you guys have kids. You guys have got a lot of stuff going on. And it, it is actually a professional thing rather than, you know, just having fun with it all the time. But it, I was just saying it was like a really interesting piece of advice that, um, that yeah. Dave was so so great to say it. And that's also kind of a – because it could sound really judgy at the same time as well. Like it could be like a young kid going, don't do that, don't do that. But it was really – it was actually – he did it in such a gentle No, nice it's a way. good – yeah, he would have meant well by it. Yeah. And it is a good piece of advice yeah. because um, because building superstitions around things that have to happen before a show yes. is dangerous. Yeah. And, and especially if it's a drink, yeah. then it is – 
like you say, it just means you get booked for a corporate gig at 10 a.m. in the morning and you're yeah. like, but I don't perform without a drink. Yeah. And then you've got the like, well, what's professional here? So, yeah, it's really good. The, 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 the fewer crutches you have, the better, really. Yes, yeah, with everything. Like, it's, like you know, I had a, had a thing where, you know, after, after being off for five years, not doing anything live, I was like terrified when I started doing the podcast and I was like, I'm going to have to do live shows. Terrified. Like couldn't, I stopped doing stand up because I blacked out on stage. Like I had a, I'm not drunk. Um, I didn't take Dave's advice at all. I uh, found out I had a heart condition on stage and I blacked out and didn't do it for five years. I just went, I'm not going to do this for five years. Hang on. You have, you skipped over it too fast. You found out you had a heart condition on stage. Yes. Can you unpack that sentence? Because that's... So I started, I was on stage, I was doing my gig, and then I just started, uh, my heart was really racing fast and I couldn't move, like I couldn't physically move. And uh, and then I I felt like I blacked out, which people after that told me, you didn't, you just kind of went down for a little bit. Um, and I grabbed the mic stand really hard because I felt like I was going to fall down. And then uh, the MC had no idea what was going on. And then someone came and grabbed me and took me off um, and took me to hospital straight away. And what did they find at hospital? So they found out that um, that I've got a thing called SVT, which is an abnormal heartbeat. Um, they call it a history of SVT. And it's when the two nodes don't talk to each other. So my heart would just go from like, because my resting heartbeat is like, it was like 60 beats per minute and then it would go up to like 200, like 180 or 200. And is the adrenaline of performing? Yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah, it's not good for it. Not good for it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. because, you know, like some heart conditions are unaffected by, well, actually is that that's probably not even true. Yeah. It seems obvious. Yes. That a yeah. stressful situation like performing in public yeah. would exacerbate <laughs> yeah, heart that's problems. Right. Yeah, and then... When I started doing the live podcast, I was terrified. Like, I was like, oh, no, like, this is going to be... Because I hadn't had a real experience. Gosh, that must have helped your heart, right? <laughs> it was really good. Feeling terrified. Feeling terrified of going back up there. And then, you know, and then the first thing was, like, someone offered me a drink. And I was like, oh, like, I could have a wine to relax, but also I am going to feel awful if I do the gig and I've had a glass of wine. Like, I will feel awful about it. So I didn't do it and I was the only one not drinking for the entire show and I felt so good about it. But it was – and then I just thought back to Dave Callum. I was like, I'm not going to – not tonight. I'm not going to do it tonight. Because you look at someone like you or Judith Lucy or all of these really professional people that do it so well and always nail their gigs. Um, I believe that in my heart. (laughs) And um, you flied me just before this and I will come to that show. (laughs) Uh, but you know, but you see them, and they never, they never have a drink before they go on stage, and it is such a, it's just such a weird thing where you go, oh, it's such a, you know, just such a thing where you go, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to be that, not going to be that person, to have like weird superstitions. Hmm. What do you do now for the heart? Are you? Oh, just, I, you I, just have appropriate medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Straight, fine. That's straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> End of next question. The end. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you just have to have appropriate measures in place. And you can do, like, little exercises and stuff. So, like, um, I haven't been swimming. I usually swim a lot, but I haven't been swimming for, like, 10 weeks because I broke my foot and then my back put my back out. Um, and so it had, I've had to, been going to physio a lot. But I used to swim quite a lot. And any time my heart rate gets too high, I have to jump out of the pool and do, like, exercises. And it's the weirdest thing because you have to, like, push your back up against the wall and you kind of look like the bear in the jungle book where he's like, 
really <laughs> back up against the, <laughs> at the tree and rubbing up and down and everything. It's like you have to really be really quick with it. And it's a scary thing to go, oh, no, if I don't do this right now, it's going to get worse. You don't want to black out in the pool, babe. You don't want that. That's no. a bad time because you can't signal the lifeguard. Yeah, there's no MC to pull you off stage. <laughs> That's right. I always take an MC with me. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> Just in case. My confession is that uh, I did the wrong gig once. And <laughs> okay, yeah. How is this? That's a squeaky chair. <laughs> How is that a bad thing? So, how are you the worst for doing the wrong gig? Well, so I, uh, so the people weren't expecting it <laughs> because it wasn't a comedy gig. <laughs> what? So what happened was, I was booked for three gigs in a night, and I was rushing. And I went from one gig that went really well, second gig uh, was not the right venue. But right. I did the gig anyway. <laughs> so I was what? I was rushing. I was booked to do a stand-up set in the middle of trivia. Gotcha. So it was during the comedy festival, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and I was booked to do a 10-minute set in the middle of a trivia, a trivia night. Okay. So when they would go to break, they would throw to me. Great. Great. Okay. Right. They went to the break, but I just went up. Okay. So. What did. And so, hang on. Up on stage, grabbed, grabbed, grabbed the, microphone. the microphone. Yeah. The people running the trivia, what did they do? They just stood there and watched. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I must have, because I was sitting at the bar, like I got there, I was really stressed about it, messaged the guy who ran the venue and I was like, I'm on the way, but I'll be there soon. And he goes, don't worry. When they go to a break, that's when you get up. Okay. <laughs> And because I had to go to another gig, I was like, I've got to make this work. I've just got to do it. And so unannounced, I just get up and I just start talking. What do you reckon you said off the top? What are you? Uh, I was like, I was born with a thing called facial palsy. Okay. Like it was very, it was very much like, it was very much. It's great to be here. You know, a lot of that stuff. And then, uh, so I did that and that so wasn't, that wasn't going. Okay, great. That yeah. wasn't going very well. Didn't go well. No, it wasn't going well. And people were very confused. Uh, I've said before that, like, I don't know if they thought that I was part of the trivia night. Like, the answer was sadness and regret. Like, I was just, I was just going and going. And I was like, I get paid to do 10 minutes. I'm going to do 10 minutes. I'm yeah. going to do 10 minutes. And at one point, one of the one of the hosts called something out. Like, baby, who are you? Or what, what are you doing? And I thought it was a bit of banter. So I kind of made fun of him for a bit. Okay, great. <laughs> like I should be making all of these judgments and like I'm in any position to be judging people and I just kept going and people were shocked and just the faces of people, the whole, like it is something that when people talk about bad gigs, I always can trump them with going, well, I wasn't even meant to be there. <laughs> and so I just kept going and it was the longest 10 minutes of my life because no laughs, like Nothing. Like I was dying so hard. <laughs> a, I don't think I was very funny because I just started doing it, and also I'm not meant to be there. So these are the big two reasons. And so it kept. That's a real combo. It's a real combo. So I kept going and going. I mean, and going. you could say that about many new comedians. That's right. You're yeah. not meant to be here. You're not meant to be. Here. <laughs> just take the mic and say that's enough for now. You're not meant to be here. 
<laughs> it's like like gong shows exist. I never understand gong shows. I, I just find them so nerve wracking. I don't know if you've ever done a gong show, but you know when you get up and do stand up and then someone gongs you off if you're not it's, funny enough. Uh, it's an outrageous. Like it's, I mean, because comedy works. It'd be so funny if you love it. You're like, I run many of those rooms and I think many. I love a gong show. No, do you know why I don't like a gong? Look, a gong show, it just requires a different sort of comedy. And it is adversor- ad- yeah. adversarial. Like, yeah, as right. in, the comedy that I like mm. is better when there is a contract with the audience where it's like, you want me, you want me to be here and I want to be here. And yeah. the gong show is setting something up where it's like, the tension of will they get gong yeah. changes the nature of the delivery and the material. I yes, because you're watching. You'd always be watching the person with the gong. Everyone's watching the gong hand. Yeah, and um, Red Simon. And so, and so, like a natural conversational style doesn't really work no. in that environment. It's got to be like pow pow <laughs> punchlines. <Yeah. laughs> there should be punchlines in a show, but sure. it also yeah, like not hurried punchlines because oh, you're worried. Right. <laughs> I'm worried for my life. But you said, yeah, contract with the audience. So I didn't have a contract with this audience that no, I was performing for. That was missing. That was, yeah. And so I just kept going. And I remember kind of having an out of body experience where mm. I was like, what is life? <laughs> like it was, because it was, it was, it was, it was very like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. I don't really know what's going on here. And I just, I just kept going for the longest time. And it, it, it felt like, 50 minutes. Like, and I only had probably 10 minutes. And if, if anyone's listening and they haven't done stand-up, I would urge them to um, stop the podcast for a second, set a 10-minute timer and just see what it's like Yeah, to, uh, to be received by silence. With silence? With silence. Absolutely. Be received silence. with silence yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah. You don't even have to do jokes to the empty room, but just see how it feels. It is a long time. It's a time. long time. A long time. And it just, it, it felt like an hour. Like it just, it felt like an hour I was up there for just. Uh, wow. But we are, we're dedicated to that paycheck, aren't we? We're like. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I do anything less than what they ask for and I will not get my money. And I should have taken note of the, when I got there, I said to the bartender, is John here? And she goes, like, just shook her head. Yeah. Like a bit confused. And I was like, oh, right, he's obviously off. No, well, when we're rushing, we don't have to. We don't yeah. have time. And so then uh, I got off by doing my big closer. Mm. Nothing. Yep. Uh, just silence. Peed it out. And then uh, I welcomed back the hosts but didn't know oh. their names. Because <laughs> I met them. Were they ready to come back and do more trivia? Yeah, they were ready, but they were just shocked. Like there, there was no one in that room that wasn't <laughs> shocked. Like it was just because I just looked like the drunk that had got up from the bar. So there was just shocked. But no one had got me off because I think I had confidence in what I was doing. You know, it wasn't like I was just up there slurring or anything. It was like I had a lot of confidence there. You'd clearly written something. Yeah. It's so – isn't it – I mean it just goes to show uh, how people will assume – they're like, well, I'm in a group of 50 people yes. and every one of us is confused. But that young man <laughs> seems certain he's meant to be here. So I guess maybe he's meant to be yeah. here. Like nobody has the confidence to stand up and go, excuse me, young man, is it possible you've made a mistake? There's going to be a massive error of judgment here, sir. And I, yeah, so I, I wow. intru- introduce the trivia um, people back and – I got back to the bar and I looked at the phone, my phone, not a phone. I looked at my phone and there were all these missed calls. I was like, this is weird. 
and anyway, and, and there was a message from John, the owner, and it just said, where are you? And I was like, oh. I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. And he goes, which, oh, I won't say the name of the place, but which hotel? And I went, I'm at the city one. And he goes, no. No, no, we're in South Yarra. So the same name of the bar, but I just put it in and it was the wrong one. And both had had trivia nights. It was like Tuesday trivia. I mean, it's always on a Tuesday. It's always on a Tuesday. Alliteration. You can't, you can't right. pass you up can't. an opportunity for alliteration. Right. You're not going to have tacos on a Friday either. They have to be on a Tuesday. And, yeah, and so, yeah, they were both both trivia nights. Different different places, but uh, but I was booked for the – so, anyway, so they had thrown – Obviously, there wasn't someone confident enough to get up and do stand-up at the other place. So that didn't have comedy and this one had very bad comedy. And then I had to go to my other gig. Your third gig of the night. <laughs> my third gig of the night. How and many times did you double-check that you were in the right place? <laughs> it was a lot. And I it was actual comedy room, so that was good. And I could not stop thinking about the other gig. Like the whole time I was doing stand-up, I was focused on what just happened. <laughs> like I was thinking about the poor people going home. Wow. Everyone. And there'd be like 20 people that were there that would I would have loved to have seen their conversations. Uh, after That would have been extraordinary <laughs> afterwards. You, look, I don't think you improved the night of the Definitely people didn't. in the city version of this yes. establishment. Yes, yes. What do you reckon about the South Yarra people? Did you do them a favour or a disservice? I think I might have done them a favour. Maybe. Because, I mean, yeah, I didn't. Because maybe maybe comedy doesn't belong in the break at trivia. I don't think it does. I don't think trivia people like comedy. I don't think they want it to. Be, well, they might like comedy, but I don't think they want comedy on their trivia night. I don't think they want to be interrupted by surprise comedy. Well, mine was surprise comedy that night, but I'm sure the other hosts would have introduced me at least. Um, I often say... I, I think people underestimate how fragile an art form comedy is. Yes, yes. Of all that, like music yeah. can exist. Music can win people over that weren't expecting music. Yeah. Like even, gosh, even beat poetry in some respects. But comedy is fragile. Yes, yeah. If people have their mouth full, if there is no introduction, if there's a gong in the background, if the lighting is wrong, if the sound is wrong, if the yes. mood in the room is wrong, like there are so... Many things that yep. can break it. It is yep. a ridiculous thing to pursue professionally <laughs> because it is so easily broken. Maybe that's why we like it. What sickos? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real sickos. But yeah, it is. Uh, that was that's the worst I've ever felt for an audience. Like I've I've never I've, and I think about them all the time and I hope that they've seen me again somewhere. <laughs> I hope. They are listening now. Yeah. I I hope that so. So I had like a, a moment where, so when I started doing stand-up again recently, I had a gasp in the front of the um, crowd and a girl went, oh, my God, like that. And I was like, oh, that's a weird response. And then I was like, are you okay? And she goes, I thought you were dead. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? She goes, I was there when you um, got pulled off stage. So I'm hoping – that I have a, a a moment where there's 20 people coming to a comedy night randomly. They're all really good friends. They're all, you know, going by the name of Trivia Newton-John or something, something mm-hmm. fun like that. 
and they all come up the back of the room and then I walk out and they go, oh, he's meant to be here. Wouldn't that be a beautiful moment? And we actually quite like him now and he didn't ruin our night this time. We'll put it out there. <laughs> put it out to the world? Put it out to the Asking world. Asking you shall receive. I thought I you were dead. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> It's the best heckle of all time. (laughs) I thought you were dead. Get on board Sam's Confessions podcast where he invites different guests each week to discuss anonymous online confessions. Or, you know, just go to a trivia night and keep your fingers crossed, he may turn up. Thanks so much for listening. I have tickets on sale already for a bunch of my 2024 stand-up dates. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone so it can find the ears it's meant for. Next episode, Peppy Reality Producer Cheats the Boss.